Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Actually, I was going to start off with saying bananas, papayas, pastelics, but a lot of good news happened in the past 24 hours. Uh, of course, what is pastelic? That's a, uh, a Puerto Rican dish where basically it's a, um, it's a meat pie and has um, a meat in the middle. It's, uh, it's an original tradition from Puerto Rico. Hopefully that will be in the next Minions movies, which is doing huge at the box office. But in the past 24 hours, they released the new James Bond trailer, and Jurassic World has hit number three all-time, courtesy of Variety magazine. Now, I mentioned about box office, and I'm going to pretty much wrap it up. And basically, I was waiting for J-World to hit the box office um, at number three. So what happened with that was, last time we left off the show, they, uh, they made the Emmys nominations. I mentioned the Emmy nominations. Game of Thrones uh, got over 24 nominations, and that should sweep the whole Emmy Awards, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and there's a thing about the ratings and also about the box office numbers, which I'm going to do right now. With the Emmys, um, what happens is, with Game of Thrones, should I say, when they put the, the ratings out, the ratings are being divided now. It's not when everybody saw the final episode of Game of Thrones, what happened was a lot of people rec- uh, recorded, um, TV it, or they see it afterwards. And then when they finally got the tally right, about a week later, almost a week and a half later, uh, almost two weeks, should I say, it, then they realized uh, it had over 20 million viewers, and which beat The Sopranos' all-time record on HBO and cable. Okay, now with the box office, um, I did mention last time, Box Office Mojo would not let go of uh, the Avengers being number four and Fury 7, number, Fury 7 at number three. Box Office refused to adjust those numbers. And the Variety Magazine officially stated that they acknowledged that Fury 7 is the third biggest picture. This was two weeks ago. Well, anyway, um, Gravity Magazine has been around a lot longer. Well, they've been around for over 50, 60 years reviewing everything that has to do with Hollywood. Box Office Mojo started about 25 years ago, the same time that I started Video uh, Land Express uh, live on the air for 25 years. As a matter of fact, this past Saturday, uh, we did a 25th anniversary show. I wanted to put Minions, but Mark wanted to put Ant-Man instead. I finally got to see it. I, I found it disappointing. I'll review in a little bit. But going back to um, to the box office numbers, um, and it has to do with now J-World is officially number three, which has beaten the Avengers uh, domestically and internationally. So that's what box office gets for not rearranging the, the numbers properly. Uh, I go by Variety Magazine. 
that says official is official. If you go to box office uh, module right now, they still got J World at number four. Okay, um, so I go by Variety Magazine just to answer a question, which is the appropriate rating system, Variety or Box Office Mojo. It is Variety Magazine. So that came up today. Um, and then, of course, James Bond, the trailer came out today. Uh, with a, uh, uh, was it Christopher Watts? And he meets, uh, now they don't say he's blow-fed, but he's the arch enemy. And uh the whole Spectre organization is officially introduced. A great trailer. So that came out today. Now, people wonder, how come you don't... Uh, when is your show on properly? The, the proper show for Black Talk Radio, there is none. Because I don't know when I ever get to the show. Right now, it's Wednesday afternoon. And I was basically waiting for the show. I don't do Monday to Tuesday anymore because the numbers for the box office doesn't come in Monday to Tuesday. And usually, they start doing all these fancy... Promos on Wednesdays into Thursdays. Now, I believe today's uh, Sharknado. Oh, hell no. Number three is coming out. So I'll be doing that uh, as a follow-up. But all these other things popped up. Um, so so I really don't know when I can do the Black Talk Radio. But I tried to get it down to Wednesday or Thursday. Okay? Uh, live show. Let me talk about the live show real quick. We just did that. I opened up. With a different theme, okay? The different theme is, that was the original theme that I did uh, about 20 years ago. And uh, basically, uh, that was done on an 8-track tape. An 8-track deck, should I say. Um, and then we managed, uh, the box was put away. I didn't know where, um, I put a lot of, thing, a lot of stuff in storage. I didn't know where to find anything. As a matter of fact, a lot of the tapes, uh, when the show first started, uh, Eminem, uh, we started uh, quarter inch tape, then it went into Super VHS, then it went to 8mm, then it went to DVD, and now it's going to, um, uh, believe it or not, what's it called, Ducky or Chucky, something like that, where I can actually record the show at home, send it through the internet. Uh, no more videotapes of any kind. Everything's almost like invisible. Everything is uh, iCloud, you know. Um, so basically, uh, iStorage, iCloud, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can set everything up there and everything's floating up there for storage, uh, which is a lot more convenient. I wish it was like that 20 years ago. I wouldn't have so many boxes full of tapes of all these shows that I've done. But uh, while looking for the cassette, um, I, I managed to find the Mark Ham interview. But anyway, first uh, about that soundtrack. So that and I found also another show that I was doing uh, for a couple of years called Sci-Fi from the Rising Sun. That show um, was when Godzilla and the Hensai series, when they redid all the Godzilla movies uh, back in the 90s, uh, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra and Batara, Godzilla versus uh, Destroyer. Anyway, um, those tapes were being, they were bootleg tapes that were uh, that uh, place in Chinatown. A shop had it. I used to take those VHS, transfer them, in the studio and air them on Sci-Fi: The Rising Sun, uh, and I was showing a lot of other anime until they came up with Anime Crash on I think what Cartoon Network or something like that. So that show was running for about five years, and I made a theme song. Those two theme songs, we went to the booking studio, I transferred them onto uh, to the motherboard, through a Pro Tools, and we uploaded it to SoundCloud. So. These people have been asking me another question. Where is that music show? Well, right now, 
after this show, I'm going to work on the, the music show. I'm going to be a DJ, and I'm going to be playing the two original uh, theme, um, theme songs, both original Vinland Express and Sci-Fi from the Rising Sun. And right now, the, the long versions are up on SoundCloud. Okay, you can find the link on our, on our website. Um, and to get to the website, you can go to a blog, a blog, and go to the website, back and forth. Anyway, and then I get all the little tidbits, and I'm going to review those on the radio show. That uh, that other radio music show will probably be less than a half hour, but it will be like a pilot episode introduction. Um, now, going into another box, I found the Mark Hamill interview. Just in time when... Um, because we got cut off. I didn't finish about the, the Comic-Con convention. But basically what that was, uh, I found the tape. It was an 8-millimeter tape of an interview back in 1994. When we did the live show this past Saturday, I opened up the show with that clip. And then we did the live show. We continued with the live show with the new theme, with the old theme song. Now, this is this thing that you're hearing on this on Black Talk Radio. I donated this thing to another pilot episode that we did. Uh, actually, I was helping my friend Joe, um, a show that he created, I produced, and I, we decided to bounce this theme over there because we were running out of, we were running out of time. It was a really, um, you know, something that had really had to be slapped together really fast. We went into M&M, we did the show, uh, and then I went home, did the credits, and I decided, let me slap this song over because eventually I will find the other song. Luckily, I did find the other song, the original theme, so we're going back to that. And we're basically, we're coming in full circles, folks. That's what I'm trying to say. So with a 25-year, and right now the Black Talk Radio is going to be a half hour every week, and that's kind of expanding. Now, about the Mark Hamill uh, interview. That was done in 1994. Basically, uh, I got invited um, <coughs> to a friend. Uh, hey, he's going to be at the, uh, doing a Wing Commander promotion at Virgin Records on Times Square. Now, of course, they're not there no more. And um, I, I know somebody who's going to be helping promote that. I can get you in touch with him. This is another producer at Eminem. He did me the favor. A um, lot of phone calls to be made. That's why I don't do this uh, stuff. Remember the last show? I used to go to Comic-Con conventions. Um, as a matter of fact, I know in that box somewhere, I also have interviews with Nate Abajon from uh, Star Trek, uh, DS9, Billy Mummy, Mumi, excuse me, for Lost in Space, um, I did mention they were doing uh, Icon Convention Long Island, and they were doing a thing with Babylon 5. Yes, the original captain, Michael O'Hara, um, who passed away from such a friend yet. That's why he left the show. A lot of people didn't know. He was only on the, on the first season, then he made a cameo in the second season for your Babylon 5 fans. And I didn't know this until I went to IMDb. So what happened to that guy? He did the show, and that's why, uh, was it Michael, no, Bruce Baxner? Oh, boy. He was a famous star back in the, in the 70s and 80s. Um, you know who he is. He took over as captain, uh, Bruce Buxton or something like that. Anyway, uh, sorry for the mispronunciation, but um, Michael O'Hare was, uh, you know, was developing schizophrenia. I remember taping that. Uh, he did with an audience of a couple hundred people in the audience. He was really sick that day, and nobody knew why. And he was like throwing candy at the, at the audience and stuff like that. And he did the uh, he did the monologue from a few good men. Uh, you can't handle the truth. So he read some poetry. He he did uh, the the speech a few good men, and then of course he did uh, you know behind the scenes telling stories about my five. Nobody realized he was ill at the time he passed away. Uh, I don't have that on the tape, so maybe somewhere down the line because these tapes cost about twenty dollars to um, 
to copy. There's a place on the um, Grand Central Station that makes the copies for me, $20 a pop. Man, that's a lot of tapes. But anyway, the mall camera interview, I did the interview. The look was I was in a band. And that was the end of the uh, thing that was the last year. Next to the last year, I gave up music. We were in a band. We played at Sweetwaters. Uh, the band was called John Sun. We came close to getting a record contract. And at that time, I basically I was giving up with the whole music industry. So, and that's when um, I went to video school and I was uh, I did internship on the Ricky Lake Show. Uh, the class put a, um, a project together that showed an M&N, and that's when I got the M&N fever and said, go to, you know, you know, screw music, I got into video production. And henceforth, I started going to do interviews. I went to Icon, and one of the first interviews I did was the Mark Hammer. You can see how uh, a very immature uh, the interview is. You know, I was just kind of winging it, you know. But um, it's funny because I, I give a, a, Mark, uh, a look to Mark Hammer. To look at the camera, he does. I'm like, yeah, right, like I'm a director. Uh, and that awful look is I was in a punk band, you know. Uh, I was young, naive, but hungry. So little would I, I realize that 25 years here I am playing a tape. And so that's why the goofy look, folks. Um, that has changed a lot, of course, if you see me on the show. But if you want to see the interview, it's on YouTube by itself. Or you can see the video opening up a live show on MNN, which is also on YouTube. Just type in Video Line Express. We have a link on our website. And you get to see all the other videos. Talk about James Bond. I remember seeing double header of James Bond. Uh, two for the price of one. Twice the action. Uh, Diamonds are forever with you only live twice. I remember my mom took me to, to see that Times Square. If you go there before 12 o'clock, it was only 99 cents. That's right. Uh, and also double header Thunderball. And uh, you only look twice. I got those trailers on our website. Um, the original trailers, they're all, they're all scratchy. And I got that you know, from the James Bond collection itself, the DVD slash Blu-ray collection. They had all these old trailers in there. Those are loaded up. And Diamonds Are Forever and Christmas Time, you know. There's a trailer of Diamonds Are Forever. Maybe you want to check that out for your Bond fans. Now, people say, when are you going to do your James Bond special? Well, this is the big uh, trailer the big official trailer. I know there's going to be another one coming in September, October. Between there, um, I will do my James Bond special. Um, but I can tell you right off the bat, people have been asking me uh, about lists, top five lists. So what are your top five movies? I really got to sit down and think about it. But I know my personal favorites, right off the bat, You Only Live Twice. Yeah, me and a friggin' volcano. I got to tell you a story about that, okay? But um, even, you know, I goof about the volcano. I want my volcano. I want my shaking and stirred. He does not supposed to be drinking Heineken, okay? That's bullshit, okay? Girls in bikinis. These are mandatory. Gadgets. More gadgets. I don't want to care so well, you know, scientifically. I don't want to hear it, okay? They made an invisible car. Um, was it the, the last uh, Pierce Brosnan to live for, to die for? Whatever the that film was horrible. But anyway, if you can put in the visible car, I want my gadgets back, okay? Now, uh, and the reason I like uh, the whole You Only Live Twice is because that that was the big, massive hideout, which, you know, started showing up in all the other movies, of course. Um, watch, that's my Sean Connery. Roger Moore, it'll be Live and Let Die because San Mendes, uh, it was a big influence on him. That was his plus James Bond in the movies. And even to the point where in Skyfall, he's jumping over the Komodo dragons. 
that's a nod to Roger Moore jumping over the crocodiles and live and let die. If you don't know what I'm talking about, start seeing James Bond movies. <laughs> They're always, um, you know, marathons on TBS and TNT and a bunch of other channels. Okay. Um, of course, The Spy Who Loved Me tied with Moonraker. People say, James Bond going in and out, and out of space, really? Everybody's going to outer space. Everybody signed up. Leo DiCaprio signed for $200,000 to go in outer space, okay? So it's not a joke no more, okay? Um, Pierce Brosnan, I probably uh, GoldenEye. The rest, eh. Uh, Timothy Dalton, a license to kill. Now, a little trivia, a little footnote. You, you heard, of course, Venetia Deterio. Um, I'm saying that wrong. But, you know, um, Benicio de Toro, that's, that's the guy. Okay. He played, he was the collector um, in the Guardians of, uh, of the Galaxy. And they want him to play a villain in Star Wars. He was a villain, or a henchman. The main villain was actually Robert David. Um, he played the great villain, uh, really sadistic villain, and of course, uh, James Bond burned him to death at the end. <laughs> he took that, he took that lighter and <laughs> up, up in flames you go, buddy. I mean, that was really nasty. I like that. That I mean, people talk about Jane, having James Bond become, you know, really griddle and gritty and more reality based. License to Kill, very underrated, and this uh, Timothy Dalton was very underrated, but. Um, yeah, he was very underrated. I thought it, but he was perfect. That, that's a really favorite of mine, License to Kill. Well, the henchman was Benicio de Toro. He, that's, a, uh, that's how he got started playing a villain. He's one of the henchmen. He's the one who fights um, uh, the uh, Timothy Dalton James Bond on a conveyor belt. And he used a real knife and he cut up the hand of Timothy Dalton. Sliced his hand. He had to go to, uh, to the hospital. And so, listen, don't, don't, you better be responsible for your method acting. You shouldn't have used the real knife. He was not happy. He was really pissed off at him. Lesson learned. But that was his uh, his first time as uh, as a henchman in a James Bond movie. And so now, fast forward, now he's going to be playing uh, Star Wars villain. Good for him. Uh, Another thing about James Bond. Okay, like I said, I will have a more complete list, but these are the ones that just top my head. Uh, There's a book that came out I have to mention. Okay, Um, the book is called Golden Eye, where Bond was born, in Flemings, Jamaica, by Matthew Parker. I read a lot of books, folks. I am a bookworm. I will admit that. And it tells how Golden Eye was the name of his retreat in Jamaica. He put on a, a retreat uh, down in Jamaica, and he called it Golden Eye. That's where they got the name for the movie. Uh, by that time, there were all the, the ideas from the from the novels have been completely run out, and so Golden Eye was just thought of as, as a script out of nowhere, okay, it had nothing to do, um, only put, because of the title of uh, In Fleming's uh, Estate, anyway, in that book, there's a little trivia, uh, I'll give you a breakdown, In Fleming wanted David Niven to be James Bond, David Niven is probably best known as uh, Around the World in 80 Days, an Academy Award winning picture, okay, the producers wanted uh, Cary Grant, Judy, 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 Okay, famous Cary Grant. Okay, um, the other producer wanted James Mason, uh, but he only wanted to do two pictures. James Mason is probably best known as playing Captain Nemo in 20,000 20, Leagues Under the Sea. I believe that's the name of the movie. And, of course, the original Journey to the Center of the Earth uh, back in the 1950s. Look that up in IMDb, James Mason. 
but he only wants to do two movies, not into three and four movies. Now, Patrick McGowan, I am not a prisoner. Let me do that again. I am not a prisoner. Um, he played Secret Agent Man, and the spin-off was called The Prisoner. Of course, uh, you Iron Maiden fans would know that Patrick McGowan uh, did uh, the voiceover for one of the songs called The Prisoner. I believe it was the third album, The Number of the Beast, or was it the second album? It was one of the early Iron Maiden albums. Up the Irons, Maiden fans. Yes, I'm a huge Maiden fan. Okay. Uh, good for Bruce Dickinson. His voice got better after that cancerous operation. Ouch, that hurts. And they're coming up with a great double album. Can't wait for that. Little, little trivia. Anyway, um, and James Fox. James Fox uh, did a lot of World War II pictures. Look him up. He did a lot of good ones. I can't can't find uh, the, this one that stands out. I can't think of it. Uh, anyway, Practice McGowan and James Fox. Didn't want to do it because of religious scruples, you know, uh, womanizing, drinking, killing, you know, the good things in life. But anyway, um, and guess who they wanted before Sean Connery? It was Roger Moore, who's too busy doing The Saint on TV. Don't forget, there was a lot of um, TV shows um, in the 60s, all dedicated to James Bond films and stuff like that. Anyway, I will be talking about it because when Man of Uncle comes out in a couple of weeks, with Henry Cavill, who does um, Superman, I'll be talking more about James Bond. But anyway, uh, that book is very interesting, how he got his ideas for a lot of the plots for James Bond. Okay, uh, The book is called GoldenEye, where Bond was born in Fleming, Jamaica, uh, written by Matthew Parker. Okay, now, quick reviews. I got eight minutes. Let's see if I can squeeze this in. This, this will be part one of two pictures, okay, because I didn't get the chance to talk about time travel. Uh, they just did um, um, hmm. okay, no, I'm just looking at my notes, okay, um, Michael J. Fox and uh, Christopher Lloyd, they both did uh, um, a Comic Con in London and Michael J. Fox, you, you have to pay me a lot of money to get back in that car, probably had a lot of problems with that car um, but um, I'm looking at my notes again um, I can, okay, time travel real quick because Colin Trevorrow, who had Jurassic World as number three of all time, and he got signed up to do the last Star Wars, Star Wars number nine, he did a movie called Safety Net Guaranteed. Time travel. I considered um, Back to the Future, the old time, old, old time um, travel, you know, back in time movie, time travel movie, should I say, and along with Terminator. My list is endless. Time Bandits, Bill and Ted, Excel Adventure, Hot Tub, uh, Time Machine, if you want to be in humor, Army of Darkness, um, uh, the original Time Machine, Rod Taylor, who passed away, uh, Let and Live, Die, or Die for Tomorrow, uh, that's the, the one with Tom Cruise that everybody really hated, okay, Jim Gallagher is coming out with a new a boxing film to, uh, this Friday, he did a film called Source Code, uh, there's another film by Jim Cadeville, um, does Pencils of Interest. He did Frequency with Dennis Quaid. Uh, and of course, Mark Hamill did a film called Time Runner. Look that up. And an all-time classic, Michael McDowell, Clockwood Orange, he did a film called Time After Time. These are my recommendations. Uh, one of my favorite, I remember taking my dad to see The Final Countdown with Kirk Douglas. Of course, Michael Douglas does Ant-Man. Kirk Douglas is, is an F captain in an aircraft carrier, and he go back in time to World War II and it confronts the Japanese. Excellent film. If you haven't seen it, Final Countdown, five out of five. Okay. Uh, and, of course, my personal favorite, oh, no, I, I forget to mention Austin Powers, number three, no, um, Planet of the Apes, where um, Taylor and his crew go back in time. 
Um, I'll be talking more about that in, in a future show. And that's I can squeeze in Drill Dirt. That's right, Drill Dirt 2. Uh, something about losers. I forget the, the title. I saw that yesterday. Um, not too bad. Okay, it's more like two and a half. It's a two for Tuesday. It has some funny parts to it, believe it or not. One part I like is he meets, the, um, he goes back in time. This is a tra- time travel movie out of all things. He goes back in time and he meets the band Leonard Skinner. And he said, oh, you got the rip there. Do you, okay, play it slow. Then he plays fast. You know, he's telling him how to, how to write the song. He said, don't worry, guys, you're going to be rich and famous. Really? Are we going to get a plane? Uh, I got to go. <laughs> I thought it was a funny joke, kind of dark, but kind of funny joke. But um, I definitely recommend Joe Dirt. We got nothing else better to see. It is dumb as shit. Okay, it is a dumb friggin' movie, but it did have some funny jokes in it. What happens is he gets all of the jokes, he doesn't let it go. Um, yes, Patrick Warburger. I keep getting his name wrong. You know, uh, in terms of uh, no, I forget the show. Ah, he was in that comedy show with Devin Spade. And, of course, uh, he was in with Men in Black, uh, number two. Um, and, oh, I forgot. That's right. Men in Black 3 was a time travel movie. I forgot to mention that. And, by the way, talk about uh, Will uh, Smith. I finally put up the pictures on Flickr of I Am Legend and Men in Black 3. Remember, I met the director. Uh, I put all those pictures finally on Flickr. So I'm kind of, you know, expanding on that. But anyway, I'm going to end with Ant-Man. Ant-Man I found disappointing. Okay, talk about Michael Douglas. Paul Rudd was okay. Uh, Mark, he loved it. Um, I found it disappointing. I thought there's so much more to it. You could tell the script was kind of messed with. Okay, um, yes, he does fight with the Falcon. And they they hit a lot of um, things at the end about uh, certain Avengers, you know. Oh, you got a guy who turns green and big, and you got a, a guy who has a shield, and you have a guy who crawls on walls. Yes, they mentioned Spider-Man at the end, okay, without saying that it was Spider-Man. But, you know, some guy who climbs walls like an insect. Well, it was mentioned there, okay. It just, the whole film, the ant scenes when he gets shrinking, when he shrinks and he's in command of the ants, that was good. But there was more exposition and explaining the whole theory about shrinking and and you know I don't know it just I give it a three out of five um, I probably won't buy the Blu-ray let's put it that way okay okay top five shrinking uh, all-time classic in- the Incredible Shrinking Man that's the one where um, if you saw the posters he's holding a safety pin uh, fighting a giant spider um, Doctor Cyclops 1940 uh, in color. Not a black and white. Inner Space with Dennis Quaid, of course, and Martin Short, uh, directed by, well, I think it was produced by Steven Spielberg, where they're shrinking, they go inside the body. Really suck. Now, I mentioned this on, the, on our live show. The ultimate is Fantastic Voyage with Raquel Walsh. Okay? She almost became a, a James Bond girl. And, of course, Donald Pleasant, of course, you know him from Halloween, uh, and on, another whole bunch of other people. Stephen Boyd, excellent actor. He was the George Clooney of his day. And I said this on the show, Archer, not this past season, the season before the end. No, no, this season. That's why I'm, excuse me, this past season, the last two episodes, um, it was a two-parter. 
uh, Archer and his company get shrunken into a little submarine, and the submarine gets injected to the body, trying to kill a tumor in the brain. That was a takeoff in the original Fantastic Voyage movie, which won an Academy Award for Special Effects back in 1967. James Cameron was supposed to do a remake of that, and he said, screw it, I'd rather do Avatar. And remember, they just announced about Spider-Man, that he's going to go back to school, and he's going to meet up with Flash, and they said that's an original idea. No. Uh, original idea was that he had, uh, what you call it, uh, James Cameron wrote the script that included Spider-Man, The Flash, and Octopus, Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock, should I say. So that idea was already based on James uh, Cameron. And, of course, we all know James Cameron is supposed to do Planet Days. That never happens. Now we're going to get Avatar 4, 5, 6. And the last thing I want to end up with, because I, I got the actual script with that. You can find these scripts online. You can find the script that Arnold was supposed to do, Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to do for Planet of the Apes, directed by Chris Columbus. And I got the first draft of Jurassic Park, where instead of the T-Rex attacking the raptors, they're escaping into a helicopter, and the T-Rex attacks the helicopter and the helipad. You notice how um, J-World ends with, um, with the, the giant T-Rex at the helipad? That was a little nod to the first script of Jurassic uh, uh, Park. Okay, everybody. The English lady had just come on saying, I'm ending my show. Okay, everybody, I didn't get cut off this time. Um, I'm going to come back with part two early next week, probably on Monday or Tuesday, with more news on, on uh, my top five list and everything like that. Anyway, um, of course, go to the blog. That's what the show is related, all the things I have. All, I'll put all the links and everything. One last thing is numbers was about the Superman review, the Death of Superman. Uh, I started mentioning it on the live show. Check that out. And about Spidey. And it's a, uh, a website called Numbers that does numbers for DVD and Blu-ray sales. I'll be talking more about that. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully in between these two shows, the live show will go on. And don't forget my website and especially the blog. That's my main... That's the main site you should be bookmarking. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And thanks for hanging out with me, and I'll see you in the next show. Bye-bye.